Healthy eating doesn't have to take up a lot of time. Matter of fact, it can be done on the go with the Blend Jet 2 Portable Blender. So now any fast food temptations that strike can be pushed to the side as you blend up a delicious and nutritious protein shake or smoothie. Blend Jet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita at the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blend Jet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. It lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blend Jet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. With so many different colors and patterns, you will have so many options to choose from. You might want to get more than one. So if you are interested in getting your Blend Jet 2, grab yours today. And make sure that you use the promo code Coffee Combos Liz 12 to get 12% off and free two-day shipping. So again, that is Coffee Convos Liz 12 to get 12% off. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use the code COFFEECONVOSLIZ12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop now and get the best deal ever. Welcome back, Coffee and Combo listeners. It is your host, Liz, and this is my podcast where I talk about politics, wellness, and activism. And my guests are always dropping so much interesting information about their industries, and this episode is just like those. And so I can't wait for you to meet um, Nisha, and she's going to talk about her app, and we're going to delve into mental health today. Um, which I think is really important as we're, it's around holiday time. And um, I recently saw a post and it was talking about how, you know, are you feeling tired, right? Are you feeling drained? And it talked about how, you know, everyone didn't start this year on like a full tank. And so, yeah, you might be feeling drained. And so I'm really interested into talking about mental health. So welcome, Nisha. How are you? Thanks so much for having me, Liz. I'm very happy to be here. And happy holidays to you yes, and all of your listeners. Yes, you. Absolutely. And so, like, as a welcome, I like to ask people, are you a coffee or a tea person? Like, what is your favorite drink? I'm definitely a tea person. Coffee, I can do maybe one coffee a day. But more than that, I, it starts to make me feel ill. I don't know. I, I've tried it many times, and it just doesn't doesn't work for me. One coffee a day, and then it's tea for the rest of the day for me. I, I feel that. Like, I've tried, you know, like, again, like, my caffeine level, I can do a dirty chai, you know, you know, hit that espresso, but then I'm up for, like, days. Like, it just doesn't agree with me. But uh, what's, like, your favorite tea? Like, green tea, uh, oolong, what's kind of, like, your thing? Wow. I'm I'm going to sound so boring to your listeners probably, but I'm very traditional. I'm I'm Earl Grey. I'm green tea. I'm, yeah, I don't really deviate too much. I mean, if I'm sick, I go for the ginger lemon or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, I'm pretty predictable in my tea choice. Listen, there is nothing wrong with an Earl Grey. That is like my tea of choice. 
Um, I got something with a little bit of that bergamot today. But um, anyway, so Nisha, please tell us a little bit about, you know, you and, and your company and what you do. Sure. So, well, my name is Nisha Lehman. And beyond my professional job as a, as a consultant, as a UX designer, you know, we give ourselves a lot of titles, you know, as we do the, the jobs that pay the bills, more or less. I've also uh, been a pretty... Well, closeted uh, sufferer from mental health for for mental health issues for a little while. I think it's it's kind of spanned the gamut for me. Everything from, um, I, I mean, I don't even know exactly all of them either. But like, it definitely was uh, quite dark for a little while for me. So definitely there was uh, some depression, um, you know, high stress and burnout based on the job that I'm in. I think that's relatable to most people at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, there may have also been a bit of postpartum depression after I had my first child, but I don't really know. So uh, it, it was just a very gloomy and sad time for me. And rather than just kind of letting it overtake me, I thought, well, there must be something I can do that doesn't involve talking to a professional. Because it, at least for me, I wasn't at the level where it was like, okay, I, I need a I need a professional opinion for me that to me that seems a little bit extreme until until you gauge your own level of mental well-being to be you know to have the default option be a, a professional what I needed were other people who were struggling with gender bias at work or imposter syndrome or PTSD or whatever it was um, in a place where you could talk about your mental health issues but do it privately you know be completely protected you know, not have to really worry about, um, you know, giving a lot of personal information about yourself, just have the basis of the conversation be, okay, well, you're an alcoholic, well, I'm an alcoholic too, and we start the conversation from there. And that's all you really need to have in common to to kind of share ideas and tips and, and routines and whatever it is. And so I searched for this. I searched for yeah. this for a long time. I'm, a, I'm like a market researcher too. I'm a really anal data-driven person so i was sure something existed that was kind of like this and there are you know facebook groups that exist around mental health issues but they're connected to your profile so you are then publicly outing yourself as having depression or stress or high anxiety and if you're okay with that that's fine but i definitely wasn't okay with that uh, i wanted my identity to be protected i wanted it to be private it doesn't seem like it's asking too much uh, and I searched for a very long time and there are some similar solutions out there that exist where, you know, but you do still have to provide a level of personal information in order to even enter the app. You know, your, your personal phone number or a credit card number or something like that. Yeah, yeah. These things that I guess we think of as innocuous, but you know, if they have your credit card information, they can trace back. Then they know your, you know, the admins know your gender. They know where you're from. They know what kind of device you have. I mean, I don't know, right? It's not dangerous information. But for me, what I really wanted was a place where people could connect in and nobody even knows your name. You're just, uh, I don't know, patient zero, whatever we call mental health sufferers. They're not patients necessarily, but like, you know, you're just... ABC one, two, three. It doesn't really matter who you are. You're just a person who struggles with an issue and is looking for other people or looking for other people who struggle with the same issue and, and hopefully build a community together where you don't necessarily need to know every single detail about the person or their biographical information or so on. But you have a community that's available to you in times of crisis. And 
you're connected to people that understand you better than anyone else possibly could. And I know if you suffer from mental health, this is probably quite relatable, right? Your close friends, your partner, you know, even the people that are closest to you will not be able to relate to what you're going through. But a fellow sexual assault victim or a fellow um, alcoholic or a fellow um, substance abuse survivor or whatever it is, will be able to get you. And you don't even need to explain that much. It's just, uh, you don't need to justify your feelings or try to shove them under the rug. You can be much more raw and authentic in a conversation because they they have been through it themselves or they're going through it too, could also right. be, right? And so really I searched for a long time and when I couldn't find it, I really thought that, okay, well, this there needs to be something at least. You know, there are so many social media platforms where we can hide our pain behind videos and, you know, dance away our, our mental health issues, I suppose, but it's all a distraction. And if there's no place for people to really authentically connect, then these issues are just going to keep coming back. So hopefully this can provide a platform for people to be able to at least connect in, listen if you're not ready to talk about your issue, but try to gain some insights into where you are on the mental health spectrum and what you can do for yourself before making the leap toward a professional therapist or a professional counselor. Absolutely. And like, I think that's so real for people, you know, um, you know, one confidentiality, right? A lot of times people, you know, that's why telehealth and telemedicine was, you know, really valuable, right? It, you know, people were able to see a doctor, to see a mental health professional, to do those things without, you know, divulging their identity or letting their family know or other people know, because sometimes it's not all that like emotionally safe to do so, or sometimes you're just not ready to have that conversation with people, right? They're Unfortunately, there's still a lot of stigma around mental health and mental health services. So absolutely, I get that about, you know, confidentiality and, and privacy. Um, and then also like how you talked about, you know, wanting to gauge, you know, I think sometimes when people come to, you know, as someone who, you know, is in the mental health space, you know, when people come and they're just kind of like, I don't know, do I need a person? I don't know. And they're here trying to find that out. And so um, I think, you know, to be able to, to connect and say, okay, like, okay, let me try this. Or even like, sometimes people just want to connect with other people, like you said, who are going through something that is similar and to have that, you know, feel understood, right. To have like that, that cultural competency of that. And so it's a really interesting space that you're providing. Yeah. Thank you very much. And I fully agree. And uh, honestly, another really big driver for creating the app was becoming a parent, was becoming a um, a new mom. And, you know, I, I suffer from mental health issues. And I'm, I'm really sorry to say this to future generations, but mental health issues are not going away. And there are so many more of them now. Yeah. Uh, that Our struggles keep adding there's, up. <laughs> and, and, I mean, there's no way I would ever be able to help my kid if he ever, if he or she ever came to me and said, "No, mom, uh, I'm I'm experiencing cyberbullying, or I'm going through um, gaslighting, or you know, th- these are issues that are completely tech-driven, and they're I think a little bit unrelatable to the Gen X and older, but Gen Y and Gen Z, these are real mental health issues, and." If you can't help as a parent, I think the least you can do is provide a space where people can connect with each other and try to at least understand what 
they're what's happening to them, what they're going through, right? And you know, being a teenager is hard anyway. We don't need like we don't really need additional mental health issues on top of that for them. But unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in due to the the warp speed the technology is moving. And I I, I foresee more of them coming that are technology driven, to mm-hmm. be honest. But I think it's important that there's a space for Gen Z and Gen Alpha. I mean, my kid is Gen Alpha now, so like for the next generations to be able to have a place to connect in and talk about gaslighting or being gaslit or connect in and talk about um, LGBTQ issues openly or to be able to talk about what gender actually means to them. And we're, we're kind of at the very beginnings of those conversations right now, but it's going to become a lot more complicated for the next generations. And I think having a safe space to be able to talk through issues and to be able to openly identify or you know, find other people who are struggling with the same thing is going to be crucial for the next for the next set mm-hmm. of kids, call them. Absolutely. So kind of speaking of kids, right? So like your platform, you know, like who's the ideal user? Like, is it, you know, adults? Is it kids? Is it mixed? You know, how um, are you navigating that? Yeah, it's interesting. So I don't have a lot of demographic information to share because we don't collect any data on our users. So all I know is the device that they used to log in. And I know that, uh, and I know the geography, I know the location from where they downloaded the app, but that's it. Their gender, their age, I, I don't know, because they're completely anonymized within the app. You need to be at least 13 to download it. That's in our terms and conditions. So that's a requirement. But uh, beyond that, there isn't really a lot of you know additional guardrails to keep people out. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I, I I wish I knew the demographic information. It would be a really interesting conversation. But I also think it's really important that people know that the admins of this app are not monitoring you. These are your con- these are your conversations to have privately with other people like you. And we we don't want to interfere unless it becomes an unsafe space somehow. So if there's someone in the in the group that's there for a nefarious purpose or plugging a product or or, or something, I that's definitely happened. Um, you see people there that are, I don't know, drug reps or, you know, they're trying to plug this new clinical trial or they're trying to plug really? or, they're, or they're just, uh, or they're just, you know, they're just misogynists and they just, they just spew bigoted comments or whatever it is. Then they, those users can be reported to us and we can remove them from the groups. And so we try to do our best to keep it a safe space, but, what happens in the groups stays within the groups. It's not really for us to determine or make any judgment what people are talking about. Yeah, like two like questions, right? So it's interesting that you mentioned like the uh, drug reps trying to come in and, and pump products, you know, like, what, you know what I mean? It's um interesting, especially when you think of like, um, we try and think of like, you know, drug reps, right? Like you're doing the thing that's right, right? You just want to help people, but it's like, no, you're you're targeting people. Like, yes. why are you coming into the safe space and doing that? Drug, um. drug reps are, are, at the end of the day, drug reps are sales, they're sales representatives, right? They're, they have a vested interest in, in reaching a quota. So they, they are, uh, they, you know, although it might look altruistic, they, they have to meet their targets too. So um, it's uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword to be sure. Absolutely. Um, so just kind of like, it makes me think of just um, got to read the fine print, right? Not necessarily believing the face value of like um, 
when they are selling you this thing, because again, like you said, they're trying to meet quota. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, look, there may be very well be clinical trials that are, are pertinent to people who suffer from OCD or from people who suffer from, and you know, if it's relevant to the conversation, then right. that user, then that user wouldn't be reported. But what we see happening is, you know, clinical trials being pushed for things that are not really a part of the group. You know, you don't push a clinical trial for OCD in a group of alcoholics, right? Or you don't push a a, a clinical trial for a new drug uh, for ADHD in a, a group of, of bipolar disorder. So it's like, you know, it's really, um, it's really quite specific. And uh, I think that's where then the reporting happens to us because, um, you know, it, it then does flag suspicious behavior. Mm, absolutely. The other question, you know, you mentioned safety. And so like, for those who are listening, and they are like, you know, like, is this safe? What if someone is, you know, presenting unsafe or struggling with suicide? Like, is this the platform for them? Like, what can you kind of say to that? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, we've been tackling kind of ongoing long-term mental health issues. Sorry, that's my kid crying in the background, if you can hear him. Sorry. That's okay. If you need to take care um, of it, you're good too. No, I'm good. Um, so we've been tackling long-term issues more than like acute, um, you know, spur of the moment attacks call them. So when you're having these, if you're if you're having a suicide moment, of course, then you really need to reach out to the, the the suicide prevention hotline. I mean, of course, there are all of these other hotlines and and things that exist with resources that can really walk you off the ledge. I would say this is more for after you've gotten off the ledge, where do you go from there? Because you're still on the ledge alone at that point. And so this is really to remind you that you don't need to be on the ledge alone. You know, you can't keep calling this the suicide prevention hotline when you want to talk to someone. So um, cause then that ties up the resource for real emergencies. Right. But when you get off the ledge or it, hopefully when you get off the ledge and you want to, uh, connect with other people, not only who are, uh, you know, thinking about suicide or contemplating suicide, who have survived suicide comes with its own set of mental health issues too. So hopefully we bring users together that can share experiences that are relevant to one another. And, and you can find, you know, your, your place, your your place in the world and your place in the mental health community that way. Absolutely. It, it really sounds like it, it's community driven, which I think, um, again, like coming off of the pandemic, there was a lot of like people wanted community, they wanted connection. And it seems like you are providing this in a space that is healthy and that, again, you get to have that um, in an enemy because again, sometimes, you know, certain positions of power or stigma, like you just, you don't, you just want to connect with someone who has a similar issue, but you're not ready to, to again, out yourself. And so I like that you're pro providing that, that safety in that community. Yeah. I mean, look, there's never going to be any solution that's a hundred percent safe. That's just unfortunately the world we live in. Right, right. Um, but we really went out of our way to try and make sure that the user's privacy came first. And that's everything from, anonymizing the users when they're using the app to anonymizing their voice when they're on the phone with other users to, um, you know, picking avatars and emojis to represent yourself rather than, you know, your any any biographical information about you. So we really wanted people to understand that, 
you know, yes, it's not, not no solution is ever going to be 100% safe, but we're we're really putting that at the forefront for us. And we also don't collect any data from our users because that's not what this is for. We don't want to market to you. We don't want to sell you something else. This is it. This is the product, right? So if you use it and you find benefit from it, then that's fantastic. I think we're bombarded with enough ads on a daily basis anyway. Yes. So um, I think if you use it and you can find a place and it's helpful for you, then that's the whole goal. And even if it doesn't work for you or you find it, you know, your group is not that active or people aren't meeting regularly or, or whatever the reason might be, you can still use it as a gauge to understand where you are on the mental health spectrum and whether you need professional help or not. And um, hopefully then some resources can be provided to you to be able to help you get on the on the right track. So I think there's no there's no downside to downloading it that I can tell right now. Um, and yeah, we just, again, our goal was really to make sure that we were protecting our users and we're not uh, giving them information that they don't need. Absolutely. And um, you mentioned like being able to protect your voice and calls. What is, so if someone downloads the app, what is the platform like? Is it similar to like a group chat? Is it similar to Clubhouse? Like what does the format look like? Yeah. So basically it's, uh, so you, when you download the app, you you have to log in with a, with a user number, call it it's like a six digit pin, uh, like you would use for a bank or, or, or for your phone, maybe, I don't know. Um, you log in with a number and you have to remember it because if you, somehow forget your pin we can't reset it because we don't know who you are so uh you have to oh you have to remember it but the idea is once you log in then you can basically navigate we have categorized and subcategorized the the groups and so the idea is if you you know if you suffer from multiple issues too it's also very good i mean that happened to me i don't think i just had one issue you know, I was suffering from high stress and burnout, which probably led to depression, which probably led to something else. That's the problem with mental health issues, too. They kind of bleed into each other. And so what we want to do is be able to allow people to explore all of the different categories and subcategories there are. And the groups are capped at a particular number. So six or seven, I believe, six or seven oh, so people. So they're like, like intimate. Like, so like if you're yes. like an introvert, you're just OK. Yeah, yeah. And so once the group is locked, that's it there no one else can join and um, then you have to either create another group yourself or join another existing group that has space more or less so it's all kind of determined by availability and uh you know the, the capacity of the group but yeah once the group is locked then it's up to the group to be able to organize and chat and call in and and talk to each other and, and and try to figure out the best way to to share information we also don't allow any um recording of course, in the chat. So you cannot record any of the calls or anything like that. And all of the messages are also archived, I think, every 72 hours. So we try to, I mean, we don't, we try to make sure that it's it's continually free flowing, the information within the groups. But we also, again, we don't want people to constantly refer back to a, to a conversation and have those messages there. Because then if someone else enters the group, then those messages are available for them, right? So we just want to make sure that we're, again, protecting user safety and user privacy. So we archive the messages every, I think, 72 hours. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it's then basically up to the group to be able to kind of self-organize and call and, and chat and write in, write in. Usually what we see when there's a group established is there's a lot of chats being exchanged first. Hey, you know, 
so-and-so, I'm in this time zone. Are you in that time zone? When can we set up a call? So and so on. And then you'll see calls being set up this way. What we want to do in the next iteration is include a calendar in yeah. each of the groups to be oh. able to allow for people to put in their put in their time zone at least. So we will ask for a tiny bit more information from our groups, uh, from our users um, to put in their time zone. And then an algorithm will then determine what is the, the most optimal time for a meeting and so on. And we can have recommendations posted that way. So yeah, we've definitely got a lot of ideas for the next round of, of um, iterations that we want to change or, or make enhancements we want to make in the app. Very cool. So tell me, like, how long did it take you to get to this far to like create it and what are some of your hopes for the future like we're you know what's the dream uh it it took a, it took longer than i thought to do it to be honest uh i definitely underestimated the amount of time and it also again it started from a very dark place this app so uh i had just i had also just financially had just lost my job so i was looking for a new job and i had a new baby at home and so it was kind of is a lot the, to the like walls, the walls closing in in a way and uh, what I really what I really needed was an outlet and that really stemmed me and motivated me to work on it while I was unemployed. But thankfully for me, the unemployment didn't last very long. And when I went back to work, it was it became a side project more or less. So it took in total about uh, maybe a year and a half to two years to actually get it launched which is a long time for an app, really. I mean, I think people develop apps and push them out the door in four months, six months. So I really took a, a very long time. But again, it was like a, it was a side project. I didn't have all the time um, that I had when I was not working uh, to devote to it. So um, it really became, uh, but it became a passion project. And that's what was so fulfilling for me because you know, I could take a break from my work and work on this. And it was, it was really enjoyable and then go back to the grind and then come back and work on this. And so I think it's really important for people's mental health to have hobbies and a passion project because it helps take your mind off of the grind as it were, you know, that the nine to five, the work that you have to do to be able to focus on what you're actually passionate about and, and what really matters to you. And I, I was very aware of the sense of urgency because when you have a mental health issue, it can it can feel like I know a day can feel like a year. You know, it, it's like the quicker this is available for people, hopefully the quicker will people will understand that it's there and people can use it, right? Because we don't want people to feel alone. There's no, there's absolutely no reason that people should feel alone. There are a million ways to connect to one another. Unfortunately, they all seem to be kind of ad driven and superficial in this moment. So let's give people a platform where people can authentically connect to one another and really talk about what's important, talk through. I mean, there are so many other mental health issues that we, that we don't even think about that are so prevalent, you know, becoming a new parent has its own set of mental health issues, right? Or going through a divorce or, or losing someone grief. It's like these things that, you know, won't happen to everyone, but will, will likely happen to a lot of people and how that impacts you will have a, a definite impact. It will have a, how that impacts you will have a ramification on your mental health, whether it's detrimental or, you know, slightly severe or wh wherever it lands on the on the on the spectrum so i think it's really important that people had the outlet and so i i tried to do it as quickly as i could do it and that's also why it's it's pretty um i would say not fancy when you download it there's not a fancy pants uh ux it's not shiny it's not it's like 
it's like the old pair of jeans you never get rid of in the hopes that you keep you you keep it no, because you hope so you'll well. fit again. Yeah. <laughs> you hope you'll fit again. That that's kind of what this is for me because it's like mm. it's very deliberately bare bones because we didn't want a lot of fluff. We didn't want a lot of no, like nonsense in it, you know? We wanted it to be straight to the point. We wanted it to be very direct. We wanted users to be able to use it easily. There's no fuss, there's no like I don't know, glitz or distraction. It's just, you know, it's very plain, but it's also, I think, very easy to use because because of that, because there's no additional crap mm, to bombard you with, yeah. more or less. Yeah. So, I mean, of course, in the next iteration, we want to do so much more. There's just so many ideas that we have bouncing around. I and mean, we want to add a library to to integrate some some really cool video games that we have found that we have found um, really help people open up about their mental health. It's amazing, actually, that this platform, you think about video games, you always think it's it's negative, uh, the negative impact of video games, but actually it can have an incredibly positive effect when it comes to your mental health if you play the right games, if you play the games that are directly speaking to your mental health issue because you get to experience the issue without necessarily reliving it yourself. And if that's done authentically and if that's done genuinely, then that can be a, a real game changer. So um, that's one of the things we're looking at incorporating in addition to the calendar, in addition to making it maybe a little bit more a little bit more machine learning, maybe a, a chat bot to kind of help you guide you through helping join the groups and things like that. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we have a lot of ideas. We're just uh, trying to put them all together so that we can we can launch the next round fairly soon. Absolutely. And like, I, I love, again, how you went back to like community and, and not wanting to be alone. Um, kind of going back to thinking about suicide and like, you know, you mentioned being on the ledge and, you know, if community is a way to prevent that, right? Not feeling alone, right? And feeling like you have someone to just, you know, even whether it's, making the decision whether to speak to a therapist or, you know, navigate healing, just for it to not be a, an isolating journey, right? To be able to feel like um, you have someone to talk to, like if that can give someone a little less distress, I mean, like, again, that is fantastic. And it, it's wonderful that there's a tool out there, again, that, you know, um, as much as we want to get rid of mental health stigma, it's still there and people and it keeps a lot of people away from seeking help. And so, um, again, to be able to have that space where they can come and just feel like, you know, um, no one knows me, but they know my issue. And so wonderful. Yeah. And it's also interesting how the stigma is motivated culturally, too. That was something that was very interesting because I can see the geography of where the app is being downloaded. It's being downloaded primarily in EMEA and in APAC. And the Asian users, it's really interesting because the feedback that we've been getting from the groups and from the users is, you know, well, there'll be like one alpha user, maybe two in the group and everybody else is quiet. And I, I think it's because of, of that, you know, and I don't want to blame everything on the Asian culture. I'm Asian too. But, uh, you know, that is kind of how you're brought up. You're, you're brought up not to, not to talk about these things. Not, yeah, yeah. You know, if you, if you have a mental health issue, don't tell anyone because then suddenly you're going to be, you're going to be judged. You know, your family's going to be judged. You know, there's even, it's like, there's even more shame on the family than on you. If you, if you have a mental health issue and that really needs to change because, that is stifling so much, that's stifling so much, uh, sorry, that's 
stifled. <laughs> that's stifling so much um, growth and and the ability to be able to have these conversations. But then, you know, if you have fear around it because you simply can't, you can't do it because your family thinks it's a bad idea or, or whatever. It, I don't know. For me, I find it, I find this a really big genera- generational gap that needs to be overcome. I, I mean, Gen Z, as far as I can tell from Instagram, from TikTok, they're loud. They know what they want. They're very uh, outgoing. And, and yeah. Exactly. You know, unapologetic, very uh, outgoing and things like that. And I hope, I hope a little bit of that drives the end of, or at least, you know, a little bit less of the stigma and mental health around, around Asian cultures as well. I mean, I, I hope so, you know, and that can break down to different types of mental health, you know, where it's acceptable to maybe have anxiety, but it's not acceptable to have depression and all these other different things. And, you know, I it, I hope we get to a point where stigma isn't there and it becomes just as normal as going to your doctor for a physical. But until then, I'm glad that there is a space where people can feel safe and can um, obtain the information that they need. Yeah. I mean, burnout wasn't even a term. It wasn't even something that was recognized as a mental health issue until the COVID pandemic. And then suddenly, and then suddenly, because employers were unable to provide the work-life balance that people had had during the pandemic, people started leaving their jobs because they felt like they couldn't balance their work and their life anymore. And suddenly burnout became a legitimate mental health issue. The thing is, burnout's been around for a long, long time, but it's never been recognized as a formal mental health issue until the Great Resignation. So it, it's, it's like, it's so slow. It's so slow, but it takes these kind of earth-changing, uh, pandemic type of, of events, I suppose, to really be able to get people to look at what's important, to prioritize what's important. And I think now, of course, a lot of employers have started prioritizing mental health, not just because burnout is such a huge issue and they don't want to lose resources, but there's a huge ROI in in making sure that people are happy at work. And that means offering hybrid work life uh, hybrid workplace. It means allowing people to work hours that are ben- you know are useful for them. It means allowing people to have the schedules that they need in order to manage their lives. And so, I, I mean, I think I'm so glad that this has finally happened because I think it's so long overdue. Right. But uh, but it just is a is a bit of a tragedy that it took something like the COVID pandemic for us to really realize that people were were leaving their jobs in high enough numbers to really warrant this kind of look at mental health and look at burnout as a mental health issue. Absolutely. Even like imposter syndrome, you're seeing a lot more people talk about that. And I'm sure there's so many other countless things. Um, Even with people that transition, you know, you have this whole subgroup of people that, you know, COVID infected, they're entering college, exiting college or high school or they're, they're, you know, and so um, again, um, it's a valuable resource. And I hope the listeners um, go and they seek out your app. Um, how can they find it? What's the name? How can people get connected? Um, and is there sure. a fee? Yeah. So um, the app is called Confidential Conversations. So very similar to this podcast, actually, I'm just realizing. But it's it's confidential conversations, not coffee. Um, although, you know, I suppose coffee could be involved somehow. Um and you can find it on the App Store or on Google Play. There is a there is a small fee to download it right now. 
um, it's very small. And actually, right now, uh, if you if you download it, all of the money is going to children's charities for the holidays. So oh, nice. that's um, you know that's just uh, again we're not we're not really doing it for the money. We're doing it because it's it's necessary to have something like this. I think for for not just Gen X, Gen Y, but Gen Z and Gen Alpha and so on. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Pinterest, on, I'm trying to think of all of them now, um, on, um, on Facebook. We are at Confid Convos. Uh, the website is confidconvos.com. We also write a lot of thought leadership. So there are a lot of blog posts and articles there about the positive impacts of gaming on mental health the rampant misdiagnoses of mental health issues and how they can be avoided. Um, you know, we, we try to write as much as we can. We try to share as much as we can because we know that mental health is this ever-growing, ever-changing space. And everybody kind of has a different definition of what mental health is. And so that's why it's so hard to diagnose, I suppose. But um, I think it's really important that we at least kind of get together and align on, you know, okay, well, let's agree that this is a mental health issue. Let's agree that this isn't a mental health issue and so on. And we, we post a lot on all of the different media channels. We post articles, podcasts we think that are interesting that are talking about mental health, um, documentaries that talk about mental health. So we try to share as much content as we come across um, that kind of pertains to mental health in a relevant way. Sort of like an information center. <laughs> Well, you know, we share what we can. Maybe some of it might be nonsense, but some of it might be relevant for you. And so I think it's worth just just following at least because at least then, you know, you can kind of discard the stuff that is just, oh, okay, this is a repost or whatever. But then, you know, when we post something new or when we when we write something new, we definitely try to highlight that as much as possible. Um so yeah, we try to do what we can to try to educate people about mental health and or at least try to help you find your place. It's not necessarily right. about reading you a textbook definition of what it is because there is no textbook definition of mental health. We're kind of uh, we're kind of figuring it out as we go, I think. And that's why mental health is so different for everyone because it can really have a different impact on on every single person, which is why a lot of it rests on you to be able to kind of be proactive and try to diagnose yourself a little bit or to try to at least understand, you know, okay, well, I feel like this today. Maybe I don't feel like this tomorrow, but if I feel like this, is it, is it serious? Do I need to do something about it? And I think really that's where community comes in. I think other people who are struggling with it can kind of tell you, oh yeah, you know, I felt like that, but it went away after a while or, or no, you know, I, I really, I think you should see someone because this is a serious, it can lead to much, much darker thoughts or, you know, I, I, and I think just having those informal recommendations goes such a long way because what a therapist tells you, bear in mind, right, you're paying them to, 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 to tell you something. So it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to, de to demean what they tell you, um, but clearly their motivations are a little bit different, right? You're, you're going to see them. It's a long-term investment for you. It's a long-term long -term commitment for you as well to, to, to see a therapist. Just make absolutely sure that that's the right decision before, before you jump into the water, more or less. You know, it, and I think we saw this a lot, um, as the pandemic ended and people had to go back to work, like during the pandemic, people were able to go and commit to therapy more often. And um, again, with uh, telehealth, we're able to commit. And 
I think it got a little harder when kids went back to school and job requirements shifted and it, you know, it becomes hard. And again, I, you know, I'm all about providing people with as many resources because there's, there's no one shoe fits all for, for mental health for folks. Um, you know, for some people seeing a therapist is great for some people finding a hobby is a great way to process their trauma for some people that community. And so listener, I hope if you are out there and you are listening, um, and you're just like, you know, I don't know where to start. I hope that this is a platform for you so that you can become comfortable and obtain the information that you need. And you can like feel less alone so that you can make this decision. And sometimes it's very helpful, you know, like Misha mentioned, like, um, if someone's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, I've been there. And like, it really was helpful to talk to someone. Like, I hope you get that validation, which takes that, that stigma and fear. So, um, again, thank you, Nisha. Of course. Yeah. I mean, look, selfishly, right? I did it for me too. So I use I use it just like every other user that's on it. So, I mean, it's helped me quite a bit to be able to to walk through some of the thought, just the thought processes I, I have sometimes about particular things and, and to be able to kind of, I don't know, have that kind of intimate conversation with someone already feels amazing. Because like I said, like the people around me, I could, I, there's no way I could ever have this conversation and have them go, yeah, okay, I get it. it. It would never happen unless you're, unless you're going through it too. And so, but to have people really understand you and to really, you know, go, oh yeah, you know, I felt like that too, or, oh, I've never had that. I've never had that reaction. I wonder where that's coming from. Just to have people who are genuinely interested in your well-being and, and to be able to share, I think it makes it easier to share number one, but two, to be able to share thoughts that are that intimate and that private with uh, with people who who understand you, they don't know you, but they understand you. Um, I think it's a very special thing. I mean, pe- pe- what do we say? We, I think I've heard this saying before. You know, you you convey your most intimate thoughts to strangers. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some saying like there, this in English. I, I don't know the exact wording, but yeah, like there's yes. something about that, like the yeah. There's some, yes, I don't know the English saying, sorry, <laughs> but uh, it's something like that. Yeah. And I, I think that really rings true here. I think there is absolutely uh, a, a truth to this idea that, you know, you can be more open because nobody knows you. Nobody knows your name. Nobody knows where you live. Nobody knows anything about you. So you can really bear all and, and uh, you know, I think walk away with some new insights and, and hopefully some help that you wouldn't have gotten from a therapist or some one professional. Absolutely. And, you know, for someone who, you know, kind of would you say, is this therapy replacement? So like if someone's struggling with like ongoing or long-term mental health symptoms, you know, would you say like this is for them? Would you say like, you know, is this, you know, um, get rid of therapy? Kind of what is your, your thoughts or take on that? Well, I have a personal opinion about it, but I don't know what I would recommend in this moment. I mean, look, I think that for some people, therapy is absolutely um, crucial. I think there are some people that have mental health issues that are so severe or trauma that is just so overwhelming that um, even a group of of friends or uh, friends, even a group of uh, this community, call it, or a group of uh, other people who have been through the same, they might not be able to actually get help you in the way that you need. So I would never, I would never say don't see a therapist. But like I said, right now, the way the system is set up, it's really like you have a mental health issue or you don't. And if you do, you go see a professional. 
And that's really it. And that's really unfit for purpose. And it's reckless too, because that means if you can't afford a therapist or you don't want to see one or you had a bad experience with one or I don't know, whatever the reason is, then you have no alternative but to just wait. And for me, it's equivalent to like a leaving a, an, a wound open, you know, leaving like mm-hmm. a gash open and then letting it fester and hoping it heals itself. No, there, mm. we would never do that in our physical health, but in our mental health, because it's invisible, we do. And then the mental health issue becomes so overwhelming that you have absolutely no choice but to shell out the cash and see a therapist, not necessarily on your own terms, for an issue that's way worse than what you started with. So I absolutely agree with you when you say this is a stepping stone for people to be proactive about their mental health. That's what this is, 100%. I don't think it can be categorically... um, a a replacement toward mental health, but we're trying to offer a lot of resources so that that therapy or a professional is not your only option. If you still, like if nothing in the app is helping you, the video games don't help and talking to people doesn't help or or nothing helps you and you're still getting worse and worse, then of, of course you should probably see a professional. But the idea here is before you make the leap to do that, be absolutely sure because that's not your only option anymore. There are many, many, many other options. You know, there are options that exist even outside of our app too. I mean, get, get help however you want to get help is basically what I would say, but get help. Do, do it yourself because nobody is going to do it for you. And basically this app is there to, to allow people to just, just have it on your phone in case of an emergency, right? I mean, maybe you're in the 3% of people who has absolutely no mental health issue, which I'm jealous, but, um, you know, maybe one day you will. And it's always good to have the option, I think, on your your phone. And so I think I would never say that this is a replacement to to, to therapy, but I'm I'm not a very big fan of therapists or professionals. And and this, at least for me, has helped me quite a bit more than I think a therapist could. So that's just my opinion. But, um, you know, you have to do you, unfortunately, unfortunately or fortunately, mental health is, is completely tailored to you. And if a therapist works for you, then that's great. If this community works for you, then that's even better because you save a lot of money and a lot of time not seeing a therapist. Um, you know, you have to kind of do whatever whatever you think is right. But I think this is a really good starting point in order to, again, determine where you are, how serious your mental health issue is. And make the decision yourself whether you want to see a professional or not. Don't be forced into it or pushed into it because there was no other option. Absolutely. I love how you said, you know, you have to do you. And again, having all these different options. Um, I'm trying not to ask you like a hundred other questions. I feel like I can talk to you um, for days about this because I like just nerd out about this the subject. Um, but but again, um, it's just, it's again, I, I can't stress, you know, how important it is to have so many different resources. Um, and again, like, I think mental health is the way it is because we think that there's just like one way to do it. <laughs> and like everyone is different. Everyone is unique and everyone is their path to healing isn't the same. And I think if we can normalize, you know, really saying, okay, what are the different paths for you? What works for you? What is helping? And, you know, again, I just love the conversations you're having. I love the support that you're providing. And so um, I'm glad it has gotten off the ground and I can't wait to see what what else, you know, it, you know, develops. 
Yeah, absolutely. We are very excited about what's coming up the pike as well, because like you said, this space is, well, it's kind of sad this space is growing. <laughs> mental health is, mental health as, a, as an industry is growing, but there's also the issues themselves that are growing. And it's, uh, it's, um, it's, I mean, in 10 years, we may not even know what half these mental health issues are anymore. But I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, there's been a lot of monetization in this space, too. And when you start to monetize people's mental health, then you really have to start to question what the incentive is around it. Are they really looking after your well-being or are they looking to make money off of you? And I, I think that's a little bit what differentiates us is because I mean, look, we charge you one one small fee to download the app, but we never ask you for anything else. And, you know, you take control of your own mental health. You know, it's on you to talk to people, to talk to the people in the group and try to get as much as you can out of the app. But, you know, we don't monetize it because we we want to make money. We monetize it because we don't want ads in the app. And that's that can be very triggering for people. You know, if you had the wrong ad at some point and you know, suddenly you're, you're, you're watching something for a, I don't know, a drug for depression that you had already. And, you know, we just don't, we don't want it. We don't want it. There are enough ads in the world, really. We don't want ads. And that's the only reason we ask you to pay for it. And I think in the next iteration, we will, we will make it for free because it's not about, it's not about money. It's really about just having something in the world that people can use. If they find benefit from it, then that's wonderful. If they don't, well, then at least you gave it a try. And uh, there's, you know, a hundred other resources you can try to use before before seeing a therapist. The point is, utilize whatever you can before you see a therapist, because once you see a therapist, it's really, it feels to me like a, a locked-in contract of some kind, where, you know, you, you see them for a very long time, you see them for, I, I don't know, however long it is, you pay them a, a lot of money. I mean, there there's one situation I was reading about, I think it was an Instagram post where they, a guy wrote something like, I went to a therapist to, to you know, to try to cause my, uh, to try to heal my stress, because I was suffering from very high stress. And it was going great until she sent me the bill. And then I saw oh, the wow. bill. And then I saw the bill and it was like the entire month of progress just vanished because I'm stressed again. And I was like, that's, that's so counterintuitive. Come on. That's just the, that's so counterintuitive, really. Come on. Like, that's ridiculous. That's just, that's because when you feel like you're making progress and then you, you step back, it's just, it's the worst. It's awful because you feel like you invested that time for nothing. And so no, we don't want this. We really want people to use the app if you if if it works for you or at least just download it and have it in case you need it. And really Listen, if you're like a money and mental health and like insurance like I'm not even going to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is a complete different conversation. And yeah. Exactly. I know like as someone on the other side like oh my god, my panic of like yeah, just insurance and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean it's not all about money. Sometimes it can be worth it with the right therapist, but you know, if you're struggling with money then you know it's just it's just not an option for you to see a therapist right so it's not fair that only only the wealthy get to get to have their mental health looked at and treated while the rest of us have no other option and so i think it's really important to at least have something else available to people that's accessible that is uh, affordable you know we're not asking you for a lot it's a tiny bit and like i said probably the next iteration will be free anyway so if you want to wait and download that one. That's okay too. Um, 
and uh, you know you're anonymized. You're you're pr it's private. We we don't want anything from you. We just want you to connect with each other, and hope for the best. Right? That's all we can really do. And uh, you know if it works for you, then that's that's really what we're after. If for whatever reason you know your group isn't working or whatever it is, you know then you gave it a you gave it a shot. It worked. Maybe. It, you know, it didn't, it didn't work exactly the way you thought, but maybe the, maybe the games or the add-ons that we will offer in the next round will be of some of value to you. So, you know, we just want to make sure we keep on trying to improve it and trying to add things and trying to make it worthwhile because ultimately at the end of the day, that's, I, I just think people deserve another option. We have thousands of options for just about everything else. Why in this space is there really nothing? So, Absolutely. um, I think it's I think that's really a good place to <laughs> to uh to close it off because yeah that's really uh that's why we did it that's the whole purpose why we did it Absolutely. Um, again, you know, Nisha, wonderful options. Again, listener, um, if you are out there and you are struggling with your mental health, again, um, and you don't know where to start, this might be a place for you to start. Um, if you're currently in therapy, like, okay, like that's you, that's okay. Um, but really just having all the options out there um, because you deserve healing, right? Like it should not be something that is exclusive to one group or whatever, like you deserve to be okay. Well said. Yep, exactly yeah. that. <laughs> Nisha, I have one last question for you, and it sure. is what's in your cup? And this is where I ask my listeners and my guests, what are three things that you need to get through your day and your week? Like what is going to sprighten it up? And so while you think of yours, I'll give you mine. Okay. So the three things that I need... Um, Time kind of popped in the 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 my that my head first, so maybe I need to manage my to do list. I think right since we can't add minutes, maybe I need to manage my to do list. So you know, what? realistic expectations. That's what I'm gonna have. We're a couple of days out before Christmas. I'm gonna have realistic expectations of what I can do. Um, I really want like a great cup of tea. Right. Like I have some here. I don't think my honey is I'm, I think I'm going to, you know, what, honey, I'm going to get me a really good honey, um, realistic expectations. And I want to start a new book. I just finished one. I think starting a new book. Um, so that's what I need. And I think that, that will help me have like just a better day and a better week. So I'm getting me some good honey. Uh, I'm going to adjust my expectations and start a new book. Nisha, what do you need to have like a better day? That that's so funny because mine were all superficial. It was like chocolate and um, you know wine and you know whatever. But like no, it's it's like okay. So you said time, so that's like much more metaphorical for me. Okay, sometimes but it is. Sometimes it is like just coffee and like really good stuff. So like go on with that track too if that's what you need. Well, chocolate's still on the list for sure because I I. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like something that went through through my pregnancy and onward. I had to have a chocolate donut every day. I had to have at least one. Um, I don't know. They're addicting at our at the bakery near our house, and so uh, I I have just stuck with it. It's one chocolate donut a day. <laughs> so uh, chocolate is for me like uh, I mean I also live in the land of chocolate, so it's I think sinful for me not to say that. Um, so chocolate would be one. Uh, I would echo your I would echo your time one, but I don't want to copy it exactly. Maybe I would say um, 
maybe I would say quality time instead of just time, Ooh. like more time away from the computer, more time with my family, more time with friends. You know, a lot of the time, you know, it's hard to pull me away when I, especially when I'm engrossed in a project or when I'm really working on something, <laughs> you know, the world could be crashing around me. I won't even notice it because I would be just so enveloped in what I'm working on. And that's pretty, you know, I think the ability to shut off would be, would be that one for me is just, you know, being able to turn the computer off at some point and just have my full attention somewhere else on, on my kids or on my, on, on cooking or on, you know, I don't know what, whatever, whatever the next activity is around, uh, around the house or even outdoors. And, um, stargazing that's the one that really relaxes me so that's my replacement to therapy is just being able to go outside and look up into the stars and realize how small and insignificant my problems are it somehow really helps to put things in perspective for me i don't know why it works but it really works it's hard on cold nights because you're just like Ugh. but uh um, no, but it's, it's like, I have to do that at least twice a week, if not three times a week, I have to go out on the terrace and just stare up and just look at this, you know, incredible universe that we're in. And it, it somehow just brings these emotions about of, you know, great, grateful to be alive, grateful to have lungs in my breath and, and, you know, yeah, my problems at work, but whatever, you know, like the, everything is such a small grain of sand in comparison to the larger scheme of things. Right. So for me, it really, it really helps to, uh, kind of ground me and, and bring me back to earth and, and kind of slap in the face, right? Like, God, get over yourself. Your stuff is not that important really. So, so yeah, I would say probably those would be the three. I, I love that. And I love the, the you know, stargazing and the comparison to your problems. And I think that's a great place to end for this episode. So listeners, Nisha, thank you so much and have a great rest of your day. Happy holidays to everyone. Wishing you very good mental health as well. It can be hard around the holidays too. So um, for those struggling with mental health, stick it out because you're almost at the end of the year and then a new year starts and hopefully it's a new, it's a fresh start. It's something new. So Wishing you all very, very good mental health if you're if you're struggling during this time of year as well. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.